got me drowned in I guess it's up to E.T. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Robert? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I could listen to this song all fucking day. I really could. My favorite band in the world probably is The Replacements. I don't think too many people know that about me. They probably think it's gotta be The Beatles or it's gotta be, you know, fucking something big like that. But my most inspirational band in the world that makes me want to write music and play music and feel music and touch emotion and look inside myself is The Replacements. Paul Westerberg. What is it? Tony Stinson? Tom, Tony? I'm so bad with that. But, yep. This is What Does It All Mean Podcast. I am your host for the night. I'm Jimmy Lewis. Let's get the fuck into it. What's up, Carrie? Like I said earlier, tell your man I miss him. He's my best friend, and I don't get to see him. Okay, Carrie, check this out. This is real stuff. 18 years ago or something? Yeah, probably about 18 years ago, right before you had, you know, your first child. Me and Damien were, like, playing music, I think, at your house, and... We knew that we couldn't, like, continue that path because the kids were coming. So I told Damien 18 years ago, like, okay, dude, when the kids are raised and done, it's on. I go, we're going to start a band. So (laughs) we're getting damn close. We're getting damn close. Anyways, uh, Robert says... For me, it's the Smiths. Dude, the fucking Smiths are amazing, too. Don't even get me started with the Smiths. Um, I want to say uh, Still Ill. That is my probably one of my favorite, which is not like one of the um, most popular ones. But like Still Ill is like, let me see. There's just something I love about, about Still Ill. You know, it... Morrissey was fucking great. Johnny Marr is still great. Uh, I heard Morrissey. I, I've seen so many of these new Morrissey videos going through TikTok, and I don't know what to think. Ever since he got, you know, into that whole white supremacist talk that he was doing on like, uh, what is it, Johnny or <laughs> Fallon on Fallon, uh, it bummed me out. You know, so like, I don't understand how someone like Morrissey could write such fucking insane lyrics and then say I want to be proud of the white race you know it's not wrong to be proud of the white race and uh, it definitely is <laughs> it definitely is let's be real the white race race went around and just fucking took whatever they wanted took Hawaii took Africa took whatever the fuck they want and they still are doing it but just through corporations so um anyways Yeah, I've seen Morrissey, I think, two times on the R. Frank tour, and recently, about probably like six years ago when he came to UCI, it was awesome, but uh, the last time I saw him was pretty boring, actually. It was uh, just cabaret and and, and strange, so I hope his uh, his shows um, in Las Vegas are going well. Personally, 
I, uh, I wouldn't go. But that's the thing. If the Smiths got back together, forget it. I would definitely see them. That's a whole different, uh, you know, whole different bag. So, anyway, Saturday night. What's going on? What's going on? I think for the last... Okay, ever since I started the podcast, I know I've talked about it several times. Uh, the first week I did it, uh, my best friend was alive. Then the second week I did it, he was gone. Okay, and I attached my best friend to uh, to music because that's what me and him did. You know, we went to shows. We, we went to go to see Depeche Mode in almost Mexico, like Chula Vista. We went to see U2 at, um, in Anaheim, like... We would, that was our thing was to see shows together and just to hang out and uh, and then he became the stage manager for my band and at that point dude when you have someone that just is around you 24 7 a day and like they just think like you they are you like you're, you're one and then they just are suddenly ripped out of your fucking life uh, it was it was just horrible and everything that I associated with these good times, like going to shows, seeing music, playing concerts, all these things just fucking ruined me. I didn't, like my brain psychologically put the death of my friend towards music, you know, and it's been almost, we're getting close to two years maybe, and since that's happened, like, I think it's taken me this long to really start to appreciate music again, because I I wasn't listening to it. Uh, I mean... I'd have it on the background at work and stuff, but I would never, uh, I'd never, uh, I wouldn't play the guitar like I used to. I was just going through the motions, you know? And, and I think cause I was just dealing with the pain of losing my best friend, Robert. So, uh, and saying that, you know, and saying that I lost him, I still feel that, you know, somebody said this to me. It was probably my fiance. She's like, no, who was it? It was, it was my bass player, Rondi. <laughs> she just sent me this message and, and she just said like, Cabby's proud of you. And that was his, his code name. Cabby's proud of you. And when she said that, it fucked me up. You know, I was like, dude, what? You know, Cabby. And, and then like, it was almost like I could channel him in the multiverse and hear his voice saying, you know, I'm proud of you. And uh, so I, I, I don't think he'd be proud of me if I was just no longer playing music, no longer listening to music, not doing the things that made me who I am as a, as a human being. So uh, I think once she said that recently, like last week, it, it made me turn a, turn a door or turn a, you know, just choose a different path of, you know, stop trying to wallow in shit and, and start to get back to the things that make you, you. And so that's what I've been working on for the last, uh, a week or so and it's kind of refreshing because you know when you go through some heavy shit like that like depression you just you know anybody that goes through depression or has depression knows that like you can just go to the lowest part of life to where like you're just balancing balancing on that thin line and and I, I think I even I worried my mom from my last week's or two weeks ago show because I, I mentioned that I had thoughts of suicide. But in saying that, let me clarify what I meant, the thoughts of suicide. The thoughts of suicide 
meant that I was, my mind wasn't in the correct place. Like I would never kill myself. The, uh, the drugs that I was on to, uh, clear my congestion or clear, uh, the illness that I had, they really affected my brain and, and I was super sick. So these drugs are like steroids and all these different things that the doctors prescribe you. They're going through my head. They're going through my body and they're doing these radical things. And, and that's when these like fucking insane ideas pop in when you're on some steroids, you know, and, and, uh, I would never ever kill myself and, and those thoughts they'd come in but they'd go right back out you know and that that downward dis- depression it's like the same thing you know when you get down there you're just like well i guess the the, the way out is, is simple and you know uh now that i'm getting healthier like uh physically you know i i, I told you guys before i was having problems with the gallbladder i started the fasting been fasting for like probably 15 days now and the fasting completely helped my gallbladder, completely helped my digestive system. And, uh, I'm able to drink Thai's teas and, uh, you know, I'm able to start to become myself again. And through that, then the healthier thoughts while I'm on the medications that the doctors are giving me uh, get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then, you know, when, when I heard from my mom, you talked about suicide or whatever, I didn't even remember doing that. And, uh, just because we're uh, conscious doesn't mean that we're always present, you know? So I, I think I'm trying to be more present now. So in saying that though, you know, I was watching the show on A&E called My Digital or uh, Digital Addiction and holy shit, uh, it was just amazing. Uh, it just showed how people are constantly on their phones they're addicted to it because it like rewards their behavior and not just on their phones, but they're, uh, gaming like 14 hours a day. Uh, and basically since the pandemic, you know, we've all learned to, to live life differently. And, uh, a lot of people have to the point where they've become almost hermits. And, and there's these two brothers on the show where they were just they were twin brothers and they would just stay in a house together and just game and watch porn and then game and then watch porn. And then it was just, it was crazy, you know? And I, I felt bad for those guys. And then as soon as they snapped out of it, they, they were able to, uh, you know, they went to a rehab and, uh, they had to cut their mom off cause their mom actually was the one that was enabling them. So once they cut the mom off, then they were able to grow. And uh, the digital addiction is real. These people were like 29-year-old guys that were like super good-looking dudes, like like model-like, and their confidence was like zero, you know? And I think once they got away from the digital addiction, then, uh, you know, they were able to be themselves again, go outside, play basketball, and hang out with people and do things. And, you know, as for the, the, the phones and stuff, you know, I, I love being on them, but... Uh, there's got to be a point too where I realized that, uh, you know, these are just tools. And like what I was saying before is coming out of this depression and, uh, wanting to listen to music, wanting to play music again, uh, wanting to connect to the world. To me, it's just another tool to do that. You know, uh, the point of the addiction that I used to have where, where I, I know that I was addicted to uh, social media and uh, just my phone in general, I would come home after work, like right when it was kind of fresh and new, 
and I would just sit there and death scroll for like two hours and then all of a sudden I'd look up and I'd be like, oh shit, it's almost eight o'clock, you know? Like, what am I doing? I'm just sitting in a room and I'm just vegging out on this, this device that, you know, is strange because coming from Generation X, yes, we did go outside. We were part of life and uh, I think we just naturally do that. And so to, to sit back and to just stare at my phone for two hours and uh, do nothing was just totally strange. But my point is, uh, now that, you know, I use it as a tool, it's almost like, like right now, I'm using it. But as soon as I'm done with it, you know, I put it down and, you know, I go back to the things that I like, whether it's playing music or watching, you know, movies or whatever, you know, uh, so, and then saying that the reason I started the show with, uh, the replacements within reach was because I just watched my favorite movie that I haven't seen in a long time. It's called say anything. And, uh, it was fucking amazing. If you guys haven't seen say anything, the eighties movie with John Cusack and Ione sky, check that shit out. It's, I've seen that movie so, so many times I'm like that annoying guy that if you're in the room with me, I can just say every line. Every line. Ricky, don't lose that number. I can just fucking do that. So, but it's trippy because I haven't seen it in a real long time. Probably like 15 years or something. And, and uh, you know, my fiance, she watches her favorite movies like constantly. Like all the time, you know. And, and in the back of my head, I was like, I don't really understand that. Like. To me, I sometimes think as movies as like, uh, you know, like books almost. Like I've read that book, I'm done with that. I don't need to, to go back to it. You know, like I try to go back to the very first book I ever read and then I was like, shit, I already know this information. And it got a little stale for me. But when I was watching Say Anything, I, I understood why my fiance watches those things that, uh, you know, she did when she was young. Because in 1988, I was like 12. And, you know, the character in that movie is Lloyd Dobler, you know, and Lloyd Dobler, who the fuck is he? He's the coolest, nicest, most nervous person you've ever met that's just filled with love and confusion and, uh, you know, it, it was me. I was that character, you know, so seeing that movie took me back to when, you know, I was that awkward kid going through the stages of life. You know, so stages of life. Cheers to stages of life. My favorite uh, guitar player once told me um, there's seasons of your life, you know, like, uh, let me think. What's the first season? Spring? Spring? Yeah, it's spring. I'm <laughs> so bad. So spring's the first season, right? Help me out, Denise. Spring, and then... No. Yeah, yeah. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Okay, so spring is like the early times of your life, you know, when you're like in your 20s, you know? And uh, then you go into, you know summer and summer is like boom this is this is the time that it happens this is your 30s your 40s you know you're, you're making shit happen you know and then you get to fall and you know it's getting 
you're getting older, you know, and by the time you get to winter, it's it's uh, it's it's the end of your cycle, and then you know, and I thought that was really brilliant. So Peter DeStefano, that was great, uh, great advice. So I've been talking so much. How's everybody? How are you, Denise? How's Mark? See if there's any comments. I don't think there are. Yeah, uh, and back to say anything, John Cusack, man, that guy is just truly amazing. He made that movie so incredible, uh, so real, and so, uh, you know, true. And these things that we have when we're younger, you know, as we get older in the, the, the seasons of our life, we stop, you know, I don't, not stop, but we almost detach, at least, at least I had. I detach from the rebellion and the just different ways of uh, alternative lifestyles that you can have, you know, and I think after a while, the older you get, sometimes you, uh, you just, you uh, conform a little bit, you know, and when you get to go back to those things that you were about when you're younger, like music, like those movies, it connects you back to your, your inner child, and I think that's really where it's all at is the inner child inner child so I'm gonna get into the uh, like the topic that I was thinking about you know the, for the show tonight and uh, it's I was watching this TikTok video and these people just walk up to random people and they ask them they're like you know uh what if you died tomorrow like what would you like what would be your legacy what would you leave behind you know and uh and this one lady you know I, I watched like five or six of them and most of them said you know I regret not having kids and, and this one lady like she's like yeah I don't have kids and the interviewer's like well why don't you have kids and she was like, well, it just never happened for me, you know? Uh, I never got married, like, it just didn't happen. So she's like, nobody really, when I'm gone, nobody really will, will even notice, you know? And that was just fucking crazy for me to, to hear, you know? Because I don't feel that you have to have kids to have a, uh, a legacy, you know? And some people have 10 kids, some people have, you know, zero. And me, I personally have zero. And uh, when I was watching those videos, like I'm like, dude, am I gonna be like, like, fucking 80 years old? And am I gonna be like the guy that was just like, yeah, I don't have any kids. Uh, I wish I did. I regret it, you know. And then I thought to myself, well, there's all kinds of people, you know. There's all different kinds of people. There's, there's artists. There's, um, there's firemen. There's just, there's religious people. There's just all kinds of different people, you know, and there is no right or wrong way to live. And, and personally, um, I like to create music, you know, like to me, I really enjoy music. And, uh, like what I was saying before in the beginning of the show, uh, my friend Damien, we used to play music, then he had his kids and he, and he couldn't. So like, I almost made a choice in my head. Like, I don't, 
I don't want to take that path. I don't want to have to uh, take away from the creative side of my my life to raise, you know, a child, you know, and uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. And, um, you know, it gives me the opportunity to pursue my, uh, the things that fulfill my soul. And some people definitely uh, need that, you know, and it gives them purpose. You know, one of my best friends, he has this kid and it gives him purpose. He's a whole new man, you know, and uh, and then there's there's other things like octopus, octopuses. You know, I watched the octopus trainer and this octopus went through about like, you saw the whole lifespan, like it, it going to like, I don't know, almost a year old. This guy followed this octopus for like a year every day of its life. And you could see the adventures of what it was doing and how it lived its life. And the craziest part for me at the end was like, uh, the one, I'm sorry, this is a spoiler, everybody, if you're going to watch the octopus trainer, but at the very end, you see, uh, you see the octopus you've been seeing the whole episode with, uh, another male octopus. And at that point they were, they were mating and uh, once the female octopus has starts to have kid, like lay lay its eggs, uh, it uses all its life force that it has to keep these seeds or eggs or whatever they're coming out of children to stay alive. And it eventually sacrifices its own life so its kids can live. And that was just fucking heartbreaking to see you know and it was sad I wanted that that uh that octopus to just live forever but that's not the cycle of life you know and the uh the uh the cycle of life is uh whatever we make it you know and kids or no kids I don't think there's a real uh you know a real severe answer. I, I I don't feel that, you know, we have like what, seven billion people on the planet right now. I feel, oh, and one of the things was crazy too. The, I remember the lady that said that she couldn't have kids was because it was at a time in society when it was like a zero policy kid like thing. Like they had a zero, even in America, zero policy kids because there was too many people in the the uh, world is already getting fucked up. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know that ever happened. What's up, Julia? Don't be sorry. Just say, how was the show? Tell me how the show was. Tell me how the show was. But yeah, I, the cycle of life is different for everyone. And uh, I don't really think that, you know, I'm going to wake up when I'm 90 going, I miss... Where's James Jr., you know? I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, maybe it might, and I'll have to deal with it then. So. Kenobi means cannon. What's going on? Hello there. <laughs> Dude, your, your comment about the higher ground and the nut shot was hilarious. <laughs> that... It, as you see, it made me laugh. Oh. I'm trying to get through this book right here. 
speaking of Kenobi, uh, for the people that are listening uh, on the audio version, this is Brotherhood by Mike Chen. But I'm also reading this book because, like I said before, I'm trying to get back into my my roots of playing music again. This is How Music Works by David Byrne. This is a great, great book that I've been... I, I've already been through, like, a lot of it because it's so, you know, it's so good. Got some great photos already, Julie said. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him. Your photography is a, uh, it's a joy. I love seeing it. You should learn Duel of the Fates. Oh, read? Is it a book? I don't think I've, uh, it sounds familiar. But, uh, I'll check it. I've got quite the library here I wish I could show you. I, I read 25 Star Wars books this year. I haven't read that one yet. Uh... But I'll have to say my favorite out of all of them was definitely uh, Darth Plagueis. That's what started the whole fucking thing. Like, once I read Darth Plagueis, I was just like, holy shit. Like, that book is the answer to the, the, the first ones. You know, the, the Phantom Mentis and, and, and all that stuff. It's, it's, it really explains how... Uh, how the Emperor manipulated the Force, and how the Jedi were able to uh, not detect the the powers of the dark side starting to shift the balance of the Force. So that, that shit was, that was the best. And then just the way the Emperor uh, interacted with, with Dark Plagueis was just insane. And then he realized just what an evil fuck you. That's a series they need to make is Darth Plagueis. If they ever announce that, man. But, uh, Endor's coming soon. I can't wait for that. But, Shy But Fly, what's going on? I haven't seen you forever. I was talking about the, in the, in the beginning of the show, how, uh, you, you met Robert, uh, the dude that was like, always wearing the kill, the kilts at the Hurt in the Heartbeat show. He, uh, he passed away like a year and a half ago and like it fucked me up so bad that I really never wanted to play music again and you know me you know me well you you know when I when I uh <laughs> I definitely it was the pandemic I fucking grew it out because I I, I want to look more uh freakish to scare people but uh anyways yeah when he passed away I I I stopped playing music, you know, like, I really did, I mean, I would go through the motions, but I fucking didn't want to play anymore, because I associated him with that, so it was just like a misplaced thing, you know, and, and, uh, this week I finally got over it, because Rondi, she sent me this text that just said, like, his name was, uh, his nickname was Cabby, he's like, Cabby is proud, is proud of you, not was, but is, and like that struck home so much like it was almost like she connected my mycelium network through the cosmos to get a message from him to tell me stop fucking around and start playing the shit that you're supposed to fucking play you know and so ah and saying that yeah now i'm starting to really want to get back into it and 
and start to play, you know, and I see that you're playing all the time. Everybody check out Shy But Fly. She's one of the best singers that I've ever heard. I've always wanted to just take her and throw her into my band. But um, anyways, <laughs> uh, it's it's been, it was fun playing with you two a long time ago. It was just fucking great. Think about how long ago that shit was. It's already been like eight years or something. Those bull bar gigs and it's crazy. I'm glad you're still playing. But uh, yeah, pretty soon, I think I'll come back into the public. <laughs> it is weird being a recluse hermit too, you know, because I do have a lot of people saying, dude, where, what are you doing? You know, and I'll just make up some excuse. Uh, it's COVID. I, I'll just make shit up because I, I just, I, I didn't, I couldn't handle it. But like I said, that, that comment from Rondi, it, it's like, I don't even think it came from Rondi. I think it came from him and it came through Rondi to me. So definitely if you are there just sing with us just jump up and sing with us because i i feel like you're you you are a, a part of hurt in the heartbeat you know like everybody that was like there for those early times and you know when we weren't that fucking great and we you know and just stuck with this and just embraced fun you know that's what it's all about you know i, I was i'm reading this uh this book right here by David Byrne, How Music Works, it's fucking nuts. And it just talks about how, you know, how what really is music, you know? It's it's a connector of us, you know? Like, we created this. Like, back in the day, we made these drums out of the environmental, you know, factors, you know? Like, it, these African drums uh, he shows. And, like, when you play these African drums out in the public... Uh, without reverberation, you can hear it from miles around, and it sounds like a fucking party, and everybody just wants to head to that fucking party and just start dancing, and I know that's true because I, I left this concert called the Harley Strictly Bluegrass Festival up in San Francisco, and I was leaving Golden Gate Park, and I remember there was this, there was this tunnel, and I'll post pictures of this later, there was this tunnel and there was just like five or six people just just banging on drums and, and even just um, like those little plastic containers and and it was so fucking tribal and I remember this girl she was in a fairy outfit and she was spinning around and everyone was dancing and the people that I like looked at they were like kind of conservative and they didn't want to dance and I just looked down like I'll be right back and I fucking just went in there by myself and just started grooving with all those people because I feel like that's how we get to know each other on a spiritual level, you know? Like, it doesn't matter if people, like this is the thing about dancing, people think that you gotta be good at it, you know? You just gotta have fucking fun with it and not take it so seriously. And when you look over and you see just hippies banging on drums and fairies fucking doing spinning, like how can you not wanna dance? And how can you not wanna move? And that's the whole point of music is to get people to move, get people to feel an experience, get people to touch, you know, in touch with their emotional state. And through these tones, through these beats, through these things that we've created over, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years, I feel that music is probably the biggest uh, connector of us all, you know? And uh, 
I thought I could just do this fucking podcast forever and, uh, you know, that, that would do it for me. Like this would be enough interaction, but it's really not, you know, I, I actually have to start getting out there and, and playing with shy, but fly and everybody else. So what's up, Tony? What's your fucking name? What's your fucking name? <laughs> It's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> oh, dude, hell yeah. When, uh, I, I honestly had a, like, there's a um, House of Blues show coming up in September, I might do it, I don't know, I, we were supposed to do, uh, dude, Tony, thank you, for real, you've been listening, obviously, you just didn't pop in, so, uh, yeah, I've, I've taken it so far, is meeting with the band, and what I told them so far is, I'm like, okay, well, we can record new music, but we're not gonna play any shows, like, that's where I was, I was at, you know, and, um, I just felt that if I could record, it would be fine, and I could just, put music out and it wouldn't fucking matter, you know? And, uh, and then I wouldn't have to, to present it to people, but that's the whole opposite idea of, you know, music, because like I was saying before, it's to connect us. It's to bring us together. You know, uh, Julia just saw, uh, Richard Ashcroft tonight, you know, she's seen him so many times and that's like me with like Depeche Mode and you too. I've seen you too in Depeche Mode and the Cure so many fucking times. And okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. My friend Robert, I'll tell you about the time that we went to Depeche Mode. Okay, my friend Robert with the kilt, uh, he was like a little different, okay? Like his mental capacity was just a little off, okay? And people would make fun of him. The first time I ever met the guy, we were at a party in uh, Stanton, and it was a whole bunch of UPS drivers, Tony, and, uh, and like he was cooking burgers and like people were kind of like talking shit behind his back, like bullying, you know? And, and I, I've been bullied like so much that I had to learn martial arts to fuck people up. And so when that happened, uh, I saw that he was being bullied and I know this sounds cocky. I know this sounds shitty, but I felt that I was the coolest motherfucker in that room out of all of those people because I wasn't a bully. And uh, I walked up to Robert and I said, hey man, I seen you at UPS, what's your name? He's like, I'm Robert. And I'm like, oh, I'm James. From that moment on, he was my best friend. And uh, like, that was it. From then on, we spent 25 plus years just being best friends. And uh, like I said, his mental, his mental capacity was just a little off. He was a little, just a little off. I didn't mind. He was the sweetest fucking person on the planet. Sweetest. You know, if you're a little off and you're sweet, I don't care. I want to be around you. So he was innocent. You know, when I would do shitty things like hooting and holler at some chick or something or whatever, just some fucking really stupid macho insecurity bullshit. He would look at me and he'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like you put me on blast for being a fucking idiot. Those are the friends that you need in your life. So in saying that, uh, you know, we went to a Depeche Mode concert in, uh, in Chula Vista and, uh, we parked like 
three miles away because there was a traffic jam. And then we were walking through this like Lacuna Canyon type road. And in the daytime, it was cool because all these other people were, you know, walking as well. And uh, me personally, when I go to concerts, I don't really, I mean, I sometimes talk to, to the people that like I can connect with, like the, the guy that I had on my show a couple weeks ago, Buffalo Traffic, like Jeremy, he, you know, I saw him. I'm like, dude, this guy's, he'll get it. So I'll talk to him, you know, but I'm walking with Robert and all of a sudden he just sees like eight or 10 people and they're all just talking about Dave Gahan, talking about like the real hardcore shit about Tefesh Mode. And dude, I'm a super fan, but like these people were fucking like super, super, super fans. And they're just talking about shows that happened in 81 and blah, 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 blah. And I knew my friend Robert had seen them over a hundred times. Okay. So this motherfucker just walks up to these people and just says, yeah, I remember. And he just blends into these people and he became part of their like now nine person crew where now I'm on the outs because I, I didn't know these people and I didn't really want to push myself into their life. But my friend was so awesome and so innocent and so pure that he knew that those people were like his people. And why? Because of music, because of the, the, the really the feeling of connection. So yeah. I don't think I can really uh, stop doing it. I, I took enough time off, and now I think it's time to devote my shit back to playing music. And uh, I shouldn't plug my own shit, but Hurt in the Heartbeat's dropping a new single this week. So I got it up and, and going. And Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if I can budge it. This is the single that's coming out this week. I might mess it up, but you'll get the hint. And the concerts 
will play is the only way. But funny is that probably sounded better than the the real one <laughs> the one that i'm putting out honestly the one that i'm putting out sounds like it doesn't sound that great but i don't care it was just it's time to time to like i said it's time to start doing it again you know and uh just on the musical tip people think that like as artists they have to have the best fucking sound and no mistakes and all the shit you know some of the coolest shit is the mistakes you know uh there's like a Bauhaus song, right? Uh, I don't even know what song it is, but Peter Murphy like just fucking coughs like right in the middle of it. You just hear this like, oh, oh, like just a cough. Oh, thank you. I didn't know you were still here, but thank you. And okay, what's funny about that is it's weird. I When I was playing it, you know, as a musician, you know, like fucking as you're doing, as I'm playing, I'm thinking, you know, where did this come from? Where the song, you know, what's it mean to me? Obviously, I know it's about my friend, you know? But as I was playing it, I'm like, this is like a really shitty setup. Like, all the things I was saying before seems like a really bad infomercial to sell this fucking song. <laughs> you know, like, that's what I was thinking in my head. And that's when I screwed up one of the, the lyrics. I'm like, this is, is this a really just shitty way for me to try to, to, to sell the song? But it's not. Like, obviously, I have an emotional block with my best friend being gone that was about him and uh you know when the single's released you'll see the picture of me and him on there at a show i'm all fucking sweaty uh you know i'm complete my whole shirt is sweaty he's right there in the kilt i'm holding him he's holding me we were one so thank you guys thank you guys yeah to to not play music is is uh it's just I don't, I don't know. I think I go down the downward spiral if I don't, you know, I, I try to do everything from playing video games to fucking 
running to all these these things but when music is in your soul like shy but fly you, you gotta let it you know you gotta, gotta let it go so I'm gonna release a hunt like tons of new shit this like, as much as I can just just keep doing it and actually commit you know and I feel bad for my band because I know that they uh I know they know that I I've been not cool with all of it but thanks to Rondi Thanks to Rondi. <laughs> when we do start playing shows, let's play together. I see you, you set those things up. So I don't really... I mean, I've got the, the House of Blues connections and some other bullshit connections, but I like to get back to Long Beach and, you know, maybe get maybe get Sky in there to fucking do some some percussion as well. We've got a new drummer. Sky, Sky's done so many different things, but it'd be fun if Sky would just come up on some, like, fucking congas or something. He's such a... He's such a beast of a musician. I and fucking one of my best friends. Like, you know, he he left my band like three years ago, and it's like it, it's like breaking up with someone. You know, it's like when you're in a band, guys, and and you know, you're with people all the time. You really are in a relationship with them. And then when they've got to tear themselves away just because life happens. That's just how it is. Life fucking happens. You feel hurt. You feel like you feel like oh my god, I'm breaking up with someone. You know, it was like me and Sky had to break up. MJ too. He left. He's got a kid. Fucking, I had to break up with. We had to break up, and it was like fucking. Feel like you want to cry, but that's what a band really is. It's it's a new family. It's a new, you know. We pick our own our own family, you know. And if you don't have family, just start a band. I learned that from Mike Watt. He played tonight, by the way. Mike Watt played tonight. At the end of his shows, he always says, start your own band. So. And the point is, I'm excited about playing music again. I truly wasn't. So. I truly was not. Okay, well, we're getting to the end of the show, because I just feel I've said too much. <laughs> I've exposed myself way too much. love the podcast i'll tell you this i was getting so low at one point about a month ago that i was just gonna fucking first i was quitting music then i was gonna quit the podcast and then i was just gonna hermit it out you know i'm gonna hermit it out but you know i think that show digital addiction too showed me how we can connect to the world which is not really what it was supposed to show <laughs> but but it showed me how you really can connect to the world and how you can let people see a different side of you that you might not show out in the world. Me, personally, I'm no different than fucking, you know, 
out there. Like, Julie, if I saw you, same person. We'd be having, you know, flat oat milk in London, and it would just be like us chilling. So, like, when you're telling me you're going to the show tonight, I wanted to go. I was like, fuck, I want to go. That would be awesome. So, anyways, I think my point is never stop doing what you're doing. Keep being you. Don't let that inner child fade away and fucking fall into the hole of depression and gloom and doom because it doesn't help. I've been there. It fucking sucks. It only leads to stagnation and death. I think that's a King Missile quote. So...